Hi, I'm Katerina, and this is Sound Effects, a new music and mental health podcast. My brightest stars, my let it guide me. Experience and innocence lead inside me. Today I'm interviewing Alan McGee. He needs no introduction really. He's the founder of Creation Records. My reason that I'm speaking to Alan in this episode is because he's someone who's witnessed the moving tide of the music industry for the past 30 odd years. Working with some of the most notorious rock stars in history, he's witnessed and passed through things that have left me really curious about the impact that it's had on him. So many of the stories of drugs and excess are passed with humour and anecdotal charm, but dig deeper and there's a real sadness beneath, at least from my point of view, that tells a haunting tale of what this world can really be like. When you're listening to Alan, you're hearing him tell stories of people headbutting sinks and having their eyeballs fall out, people taking heroin and dying, people overdosing and ending up in rehab, or worse, taking their own lives. I really wanted to stop with Alan for a moment and just reflect on some of these moments from his own unique perspective, as someone who's seen a lot, who knows what he's talking about and has been through it all. There's still an obvious humour there and you'll catch glimpses of Alan's life and his charm as people weave in and out of this interview to say hello to him at different moments. You really get a sense of his warmth and amenability, his wisdom and compassion and it all takes place in one of London's most rock and roll venues, the Boogaloo Pub in Highgate. At times, this interview really makes me laugh. A wasp appears and nearly stings my face. Alan talks passionately about his healthy diet of fish and vegetables. And there's a radio show interview going on next door. And there are bands rehearsing in the beer garden all around us. This is what I think makes the interview feel so real. It's a beautiful sunny day and it makes for a chaotic but beautiful interview, which I love for its madness and melancholy all rolled into one. I've left a lot of these glitches in the interview just to add to the truth of what's being said, that sometimes the crossover between glam and grim is a really fine line. Oh, good then, yeah, yeah. Good, man. How long do you have? I've got, got an hour. An hour? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, is that enough? Yeah, definitely. Right, cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I know you filmed the whole film that you're, you're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, just ask me about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how, how, did it, how did it go? The, well, we just finished shooting it. Yeah. Uh, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, it went, it went great. Um, we're going to edit it. I suppose the making of it now, Hachana, is if, if they've chosen the right editor and it's a girl that's worked with Danny Boyle, yeah, then it's going to be great. Do you know what I mean? Uh, if you know, 
because I think it's I think it's on tape, but but I think films are about nobody talks about film editors as heroes, but I think if the girl's brilliant, we've got a good chance of having a brilliant brilliant film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where we're at with it. You know, but they're going to do four months of edit. That'll be August, September, October, November, and I suppose at the beginning of December I'm going to get to see it. They're talking about it after I see it, and you know Nick Moran tweaks it a bit. Um, they're talking about going to Sundance Festival in February, and then they're talking about taking it to cinemas and then on to Netflix, etc. And I think it's in May. Do you know what, I mean? so, what, what was it like watching your own life being filmed? It's okay in a short burst. It's okay if you're just down there for an hour, but if you're down there for six hours, I only went down about four times. But the first time I went down, I went down for the entire day. And it is a bit weird, I've got to be honest. It does cause actual mental health problems watching yeah. you and Bremner. No, I'm always joking. Okay. But, it's like, but watching you and Bremner play me so well, it kind of weirds you out a wee bit. You're like, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a bit difficult. Was there a bit of um, was there a bit of your life story that he was acting out that particularly struck you when he was? Yeah, just me in the mid eighties. Yeah. You know, nineteen eighty five, ninety six, ninety seven, nineteen eighty eight. He just got that Alan McGee down. You know what I mean? You know. And then there's a good young kid called Leo who plays the younger me. You know what I mean? Growing up in Glasgow, but he's good. But uh, yeah, Ewan Bremner's just fucking phenomenal. What an actor. I know, I was watching him on Trainspotting yeah. 2 the other yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, he's brilliant. I was thinking at the time, like, he, he would be filming your film and how good oh, he's, he he's amazing. He's amazing, Catriona. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was you in the 80s, and like, as, you, as an observer watching it, kind of, how do you look back at yourself at that time? Um, I suppose. Might be melodramatic. It's surprising that I've managed to not end up, you know, like fucked. To be honest, you know what I mean. I, I, I managed to come through it and prosper, really. I suppose, uh, you know, not die. There's a few people that I've been close with through the years that have all fucking faded away and got ill, died, or just died with the drugs. Do you know what I mean? You know, so you know, you know, I've managed to. You know, come through and not not fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the book, obviously, I've underlined the bit that oh, yeah, really yeah. struck me is that when you got into punk when oh, you yeah, were yeah, sixteen, yeah. and then there's this line in it that you say, "Before that, there wasn't one thing I wanted. I believed that I could get." Yeah. And thinking of you now, knowing as you knowing you as I yeah. know you now, how much when you believe like you believe that you can do things, and that yeah. seems. Through everything yeah. that you do, um, I suppose punk. It always looked too difficult to be a musician or be involved in music, and then punk happened, and then it it wasn't about being a virtuoso. It was actually just about kind of liking music and having an enthusiasm for it, and hopefully you learned on the way to become a bit business-like, which I ended up being a manager. Um, I suppose I made it work for myself, really, but I don't think there was in 1974, 73, 75. There was no inclination. So even up to 76, there was no inclination that you know the working classes were going to let in, let in the music business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, you, maybe only the incredibly technically proficient ones. Do you know what I mean? But but you know people like me that were kind of like bluffing, bluffers in the base. You know, 
and I, you know, at that point, I had no idea that I was going to end up being a manager or anything. Do you know what I mean? I didn't see that would come. Yeah, but there's something. Uh, how do I put it? You've got this way of knowing how to deal with people yeah. that, that seems to have come out of that. Yeah. Like when like I remember when I interviewed you years ago, and you said, "Let people be themselves." Yeah, and it. And it kind of struck me, and I never forgot it, because you seem to have that quality, but you seem to have learnt it from young, from... Yeah, but Antonella, who's in there, like, and yeah. in, in, she's in the, she's in that room, um, DJing for uh, the Boogaloo, and she, she seems to think that I learned a lot of my skills off of the background of, like, in my, my family house, because it was quite a chaotic background, and, like, my mum was quite mad. And uh, my father was violent, so because I had this, one parent was crazy, and the other one was uh, the other one would, would just put you in hospital as <laughs> soon as look at you. And uh, I suppose my, my my what's the word for it? My dealing with human beings that were fucking mad. I kind of maybe learned it to deal with my parents, who were both nuts, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like you learned how to manage people. But yeah, I mean, well. that's what she thinks. I mean, I'm only quoting her. Yeah. I'm not even sure that's right, but she seems to think, she's not a psychologist or anything, but she, she said, when she was interviewing me, she went, I reckon you, you learned to deal with difficult people because that's, that's the way you were brought up, you had to deal with difficult parents. I was like, maybe you're right, I don't know. Yeah. Fuckless. <laughs> <laughs> how, how far do you want to go into that? Like, I know people ask you all the time yeah. about, like, your dad and your upbringing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, like, it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't particularly bad. It's just, it was stereotypical of the times. The, you know, the rough background, working class background, with a violent father and, and the mum that was fucking crackers. It, I mean, it only spilled out with me a bit further than most people because my, I was ending up getting hospitalised a couple of times, you know what I mean? And my dad was, would, uh, you know, he'd fucking, he'd batter me anywhere, but he once gave me a good kicking or punch, he gave me about five punches to the face when I was sleeping. <laughs> I woke up after a couple of punches, but I was like, but I was like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? And I mean, that's just... It's just crazy, you know, if you think about it, you know. And I'm, I moved out of the house. Do you know what I mean, I, I moved, I moved out at that point. You know what I mean? You know. So. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, trying to imagine that, like, as a I moved kid. into Bobby Gillespie's dad's house. I, I read, <laughs> yeah, I read that, and, and that they were really nice parents, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, his, his dad was a total one-off. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, you know, you know, it's like his, his dad, his dad was. I mean, I suppose a lot, a lot of these parents were all quite crackers, you know, in their own way. He, his parents were crackers in not a, an abusive way, just fucking in a mad way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, I guess, if you're, if you're asleep and something happens like that, you're not necessarily told what you've done wrong or what you've done right. There's no way you No, I knew what it was, that was about. He, okay. he came in pissed. Okay. It was about half twelve at night. Yeah. And he'd been out of the Masons. And my old man had got completely pissed. And then he just came in and started knocking fuck out me. Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he talked about mental health issues. I mean, that's mental health issues. Beating somebody up in the middle of the middle yeah. of half twelve. I mean, and also, I wasn't even old. I was sixteen. Yeah. I was a wee guy. Yeah, I was a fucking idiot, basically. I mean, I'd probably been cheeky to my mum. My mum probably wound my dad up. My dad was probably paralytic drunk, and it just kicked off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
you said around that age you developed like a deep depression, but you wouldn't have known it was depression. Yeah, I stayed in. That's true. I said I put that in that book. Yeah, I think. I think it was 76 or 77, 77, something or 77, when the punk thing was happening, I didn't go out of the house for a bit, most of the year, really, you know, I mean, I left school, and uh, I just didn't, from about March to about September, I don't think I went out, do you know what I mean, yeah. well, I went out, maybe I went out to fucking sign on the door or something like that, but I was, that was me, I was only 16, and I think I was around the time my man gave me that, that, that doing, you know, but, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate my father, I, you know, I mean, I love my mum, I mean, she's dead now, but I love her, and um, I don't hate my dad, I just don't have anything to do with him. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier just to, what's the word for it, uh, just retreat, because it's like, you know, she's, uh, he's, he's got to deal with that, that I just don't deal with him, you know what I mean? Then, and uh, ultimately, you know, the fact that I won't be involved with him, you know what I mean, you know, it's probably, it's probably damaged him in some way, you know what I mean? Well, one of the biggest things, I guess, is what you pass down to your kids and, like, Yeah, change. well, I've never hit my kids. Exactly. I don't, you know, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there is slight, you know, there, I can see that it is slight overspill because you do cyclical. I mean, I, the fact that I've only just recently managed to, me and my son, we've, you know, I never knew my son till he was 16 and, uh, you know, because, um, you know, my wife, my first wife wouldn't let me see the kid. Uh, and then we've had quite a spiky fucking 14 years he's finally he's off drugs and he's coming through it but I suppose sometimes I'm a bit harsh on him just because of like my, my, my dad uh, you know what I mean so how you doing so yeah yeah the mental health stuff that we're talking about yeah I just think I come from a I think the, I just come from like running the mill family in the in the sixties and the seventies in Glasgow. The dad was probably just a bit more abusive than normal, so you were ending up in the hospital rather than with a bump in the head. Do you know what I mean? You were yeah. ending up getting stitches and going got going to get. It was a bit rougher than. But ultimately, my way of dealing with my old man is I don't. I just don't fucking address it. I just, you know. I just think, from my point of view, it was just, I've never hit my kids, and I, but it was a different generation, so yeah, fuck yeah, was what they were on. We really thought it was normal, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense, and like, I guess a lot of the people that you signed also had quite similar backgrounds. Right. I mean, like, I don't imagine you ever all spoke about it, but like, when, when you found out, for example, that like Noel had a similar background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you like? What does it do when you like when when you found that out? What, what was that like? It didn't really surprise. See, because I had had it myself at that point when I found that out. That was in the mid nineties, ninety five, ninety six. When he told me about that, and um, I never really told him that it, it happened to me. I just listened to him to tell me about it. Yeah. So I never. Uh, I, 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 it took me it took me about another ten years to really start to think about it. It took me to about two thousand and about ten years ago, two thousand eight nine, when I started going. Oh, that might be some of the reason that I was the way I was because it was like you know, it was a crazy crazy family upbringing. You know, I, I don't really know. I'm not a psychologist, so yeah, yeah. I have no idea. But I don't suppose it was that. I think it would it, it would it would it would it would kind of like fucking annoy. It would it would hurt anybody, wouldn't it? You know yeah, what I mean? You know, it you know. would definitely. So. Yeah, I guess like when you 
when you became like you know when you were at Creation Records and you were yeah. signing people, like you signed particular kinds of characters, yeah. and I always wondered like. You know, what is it particularly that you that would make you say, I like that person and not that person? Well, I don't think I would say that I like somebody or I don't like somebody. I think sometimes I'm just along... I think I'm just sometimes along the... I, I gel with certain types of people, like artists, definitely. And, you know, that's why I really was, I felt an affinity with the punk thing, do you know what I mean, you know? Uh, you know, it, it just seemed that these kind of troubled characters were like interesting to me. Do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Maybe that's the kind of people I, I had most of my success with. Yeah. Oh, do you think that's kind of key for the success of creativity? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I like. I suppose I, I think music comes out of troubled souls a wee bit better. But I mean, I'm sounding like some kind of intellectual bullshit. So I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just kind of what I think, really. I just like, you know, I mean, if, if you've had a bland upbringing, I don't think it's good for your, no. you know, good for creativity. Well, do you know what I mean? Well, I find it, I find that really. Okay, I'm just laughing at the background. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> We've got a soundtrack. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think that you sound like it's intellectual bullshit. Like, I think it's really interesting from just from your perspective. Like, I was um, I interviewed Adam Vicek from Baby Shambles last week, and he he was talking a lot about his his background growing up and how it was all connected. And I, I just think it's really fascinating. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, the upbringing. I mean, I'm old now, so it's like that Scottish upbringing in the sixties, seventies. I mean. I don't even think Glasgow's like that anymore, really. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like, I mean, if anything, even Glasgow's been gentrified a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not as crazy as it was. There was a time in the sixties and the seventies it was like, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, it was just beyond rough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, and now I don't know if it is that rough. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think, you know, everybody's got a colour TV. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? What's the one question you wish people would ask you? I don't really think like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, people are obsessed with, you know, Oasis, but that's just kind of normal because they're that big. I mean, it's, if you were involved with the Beatles, I suppose everybody would want to know about the Beatles. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I suppose you, I mean it's good that they're interested in something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be a positive. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of see you as this. Um, you're kind of in the middle of a lot of these sort of um, bands that you manage. Like, I'm thinking like when, you know when you were managing the Libertines, and yeah. now you're managing like Sean Ryder. I imagine like you're quite a confidant for people. Like yeah, people yeah, yeah. confide in you. Like there's yeah. something about you that I think people yeah. trust. Yeah. That you you also don't have this kind of ex- exclusivity about you. You're quite yeah. like even just now, like you'll sort of gather everyone together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I feel like there's there's something about that 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 kind of speaks to like why you were successful. Oh right, right, right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I think you you've got to be open to people coming in and 
chatting and to, you know you've got to make yourself pretty accessible to because otherwise you mean you know the, the downside of that is that you meet a lot of fucking idiots but the upside to that you meet a few geniuses yeah so yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you, as long as you can spot the geniuses yeah. ahead of everybody else, then it's probably quite good. Yeah. But you, you won't get if you if you lock yourself away, you, you're not going to meet anybody. So you've got to, you've got to leave the door open, haven't you? Yeah. you, know I mean? you know? Let it all in. Yeah, man. Yeah. What? Well, how do you deal with the idiots? Like. Well, I mean, I'm nice to people. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I think somebody's really stupid, you know, like you know, are like painful or negative, I just draw back. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But. Um, but you know, I mean, not every, I mean, most people are okay. To yeah. be absolutely honest, that's my take on most things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you do get a few fucking idiots, but not not that many. Yeah. But, but yeah, you've got to accept that there are some. Do you know what I mean? I, did, I remember I was doing a talk. I did this Q and A tour, and I was doing Maidenhead, which is a posh town. And then this guy who dressed like a, he was about 50, became dressed as a football hooligan, do you know what I mean? And he was like, oh, how much money have you got, McGee? And just get asked him, and you just like, it's your problem if you are hung up about me having money, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, You seem quite, in that sense, very resilient. (laughs) Was that? You know what, you know what makes it easier for me is because I'm sober, and I, I'm off everything now, I'm off all the prescription drugs and everything. Uh, you know, you don't buy into the bullshit of people, you know, because if you're drunk you can get caught up in like being angry and you know, like you know, buying into the drama I suppose. Yeah. But because I'm sober I just can literally go, You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Leave me alone, watch this a little wasp about to oh. fucking right on you. <laughs> it's right on your head. In the of I don't think they'd sting me, but equally, <laughs> fuck those. <laughs> Is it away? Uh, it's probably my. Uh, it's probably something I've put in my hair, but it's it's making. Yeah, it's fine. It's gone. <laughs> you go. Um, I was going to ask you about your how you like. How are you mentally today? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Hey, you're right. You're right. Hello. Don't worry. You're right, How mate. are you? Yeah, right, Yeah, you're right. This is my band, the Galbs. All right, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. saw you. You coming? Youth is coming after. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a coming. producer. All right, brilliant. Yeah. All right, but he's coming at six o'clock. Yeah, I know. It's even later. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. All right, mate. All right, rock and roll. Cheers, rock and roll. <laughs> good. It's a good wee, wee bit. Whatever to hear. But what was you say? Hey, no, I was. I, I got off all the. I got off the prescription drugs in the last year. I got off the Valiums in December and I got off the antidepressants mm. two weeks ago. So it's great. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, and, and also, um, you know, I'm pescatarian, so I don't eat meat, just eat, fi- I eat fish and vegetables, uh, no coffee, uh, no booze, mm. no, no street drugs, no prescription drugs. Um, Apple cider vinegar. I swim every morning, so I'd argue I'm pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, for me anyway. You said I remember you saying that you had a lot of therapy at some point. Yeah, yeah. I'm only for a couple of years yeah. back, and when I came off drugs and stuff like that, I think they call it reprogramming. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was fine, man. It's like you know, I sort of. I mean, I know you're supposed to say you hate therapy, but I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know. I mean, there's no point in going to therapy because I think 
kind of am kind of in the place I want to be. Do you know what I mean? You know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know that's where it is. You know. Yeah. 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 I love being a therapist. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I love it. Is it not? Is it not a bit draining? Sometimes I find it the opposite yeah. because you 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 have like real conversations with people sometimes in a way that you don't get to outside yeah, yeah. and you, yeah. if you're interested in people you get to really get yeah. curious about I, I it's really interesting the it. therapy thing because I think to be honest as long as you're kind of smart and you care about people most people could be a therapist it's just mm. having the appetite for dealing with it I would be probably ten people coming in with drug problems might do my head in I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I mean I mean some of my I've got friends that are top end therapists in London yeah and they start at seven o'clock in the morning and do twelve shifts through to seven o'clock at night mm. I mean that's, that's fucking mad yeah after a, ma- a good amount of time that will affect you won't it yeah 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 I mean but I think I think that would drive me mad yeah how many do you do a day. Um, on, on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I'll do about nine or ten a day. Oh, that's what I'm like. That's what they're like. Yeah. Because the guy I'm friends with, he, he does 10, 11, 12 a day. Crazy. Every day. Every day. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a lot. Well, I mean, you're talking about drugs, and obviously you, you were sober for most of the Britpop years, like from 94. Yeah, I was, yeah. You. And uh, I, I think I remember reading something, it was an interview you did years ago, where you said, like, during that time, no one really asked you how you were, apart from Liam. I think I think that's what you had said. At yeah, I mean, I mean, it was weird, you know. I, one of the reasons I quite liked is, I mean, when, before I got ill, you know, with the drugs and everything, I think because I hadn't, I hadn't measured any personal time for myself. Mm. And uh, that's one of the reasons I probably imploded, I think. And, uh, and then once I got sober, you know, I, I kind of cut that bit of space out and made sure that I could have time to me, you know. I suppose people people can't help it. They'll, they'll run the well dry if they can get it. Yeah, yeah. That's what people are like. Other aspects of mental health, because obviously you've dealt with a lot with drug addictions for, yeah. through, with yourself, and also seeing bands go through it. Yeah. Like when you were managing the Libertines, like you, you've got that story of Carl with his eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happened. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with all of that? Well, I suppose only when I got a wee bit on from that, that I realised that was probably some crazy fucking Carol mental health issue that he headbutted a sink. But it's like a I just thought at the time it was just pissed up young boy, but I suppose it was much more than that. I suppose it was like somebody trying to exercise something to it. I don't, you know, some demon. Does it impact you seeing it? I imagine that would have been quite traumatic. I was a bit traumatic when his eye was hanging out his head, yeah. and I was had to put it back in his head. That sounds really because <laughs> it was hanging out the optical nerve. Oh God. Yeah, very. You don't sometimes when see when shit's as full on like that, you don't think too much about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it sounds as if I had a, hey, I can deal with this. I mean, there was nobody else there to deal with. It. I had to help him, do you know. What I mean? you know? Yeah. And uh, you, you might look about back at it afterwards and go, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. But while it's happening, you just you just get on with it, don't you? Would you get flashbacks to things like that? No. 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 Okay. I don't. Yeah. I just got on with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember the first time you took drugs? 
Um, yeah, it's a couple of years, is it? 1982 or something, I'd be 21, and we were doing coke and speed. Mm. But up to that point, in Glasgow, I never done drugs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, got used to, I was a piss head in Glasgow. Mm. I used to get drunk. But you know one of the reasons I found it easy to get sober? Before I went full on into drinking drugs in my early 20s, 22, 23, 24, 25, something like that, I think when I was about 20, I had a whole year off drinking. So I kind of knew that I could be sober. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You good? Yeah, I mean, but when I got, when I had to get sober after I I ended up overdosing in in Los Angeles, right, um, I sort of kind of thought, well, if I go sober, I know I can do it. Yeah. So I went, maybe should try. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't as if, oh, but I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. I, I thought, well, I have done that before. Yeah. I done that. I, although I was thirty-three, I had done that when I was about twenty. So I knew if I, because that's what I was saying to you when I was telling you that I'd uh, got off the antidepressants and, and the Valiums. It's like, and, and that's, this must be like when I was twenty, when I was like completely. Not, on, not addicted to anything and uh, and you know not drinking and blah blah do you know what I mean and actually because my diet my food diet which I think is really important do you know what one of the things I think fucks people up can't you I know you're going to think that the guy's actually bananas but food if you eat bad it's bad you know I think it fucks you up yeah do you think that I agree I completely yeah, yeah. agree yeah because I read this thing it's a wee bit new agey but they say that you've got has a sort of intelligence. It does. And, and, and I don't know if that's true, but I do know when I started being kind to myself with the food. Yeah. You know, it was it made my, it made me a, yeah. it made it a lot better. Do you know what I mean? There's actual evidence that that yeah. is true. It, like the the bacteria in your gut that gets killed off with certain yeah. diets. It's yeah. like almost like a second brain, and it's connected to your immune system and yeah. your immunity. It's connected to your mental health. So it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge thing. And so you think that as well, that it's oh, got some kind of weird intelligence? I think I it has. And it's definitely, like, mind and body are definitely connected. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think that during, like, the 90s, those two things seem to get separated yeah. like, out as if they were yeah. separate entities. Well, we were all a little bit mad. I mean, that generation, you're, you're too young for that generation, but, but the generation that, you know, we were all just abusing ourselves mm. and thinking it was going to be all right. Yeah. And then one by one, we either died, like throb, or we had to get clean, like me and Bobby. Do you know what I mean, you know? Yeah. Well, that's another thing, is the the dealing with all that loss and the grief. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How how was it for you going through all those, like, bereavements? Yeah, I mean, I I managed Liam Mayer, the flowered-up guy, and his brother died as well around the same time. They they died, then throb died. It was just... It was a kind of generation of people that were that had all been taking a lot of heroin. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You know? Yeah. And uh, you know, and then you get the other people like me and Bobby and quite a lot of people for that that have all ended up getting sober. And other people in the primal scream thing that Simon Stevens got sober and you know, and then some of the other people primal scream they, they just have a beer now. They don't do anything else. They just have a couple of beers. Yeah. Sean Ryder barely drinks so, you now. He's off heroin and he just has a couple of beers. It's quite a. I mean, that, the Happy Mondays, when we, I go away on tour with them, that's sort of like a kind of dad's on tour thing. That, that nobody's really caning it anymore, you know. Yeah. Like Barb Bez, 
Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> still he's still like that. He's still fucking partying, but nobody else is partying. Everybody yeah. else is just like going, I want to get me to bed. Yeah. I guess it's an age thing as I think well. It is, yeah, I? Yeah. I think it's okay being old. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, I mean, hopefully if I can stay healthy, I can keep doing music to another. I'm 58. Hopefully I can keep doing it to mid 70s. Yeah. And Simo Stein's still doing it in mid 70s. So I think it's a bit healthy at this point. If you yeah. can keep healthy, you can still. You can still do rock and roll, to be yeah. honest. You know what I mean? Maybe you're not going to be finding the, the next brand new band. Well, maybe you will, but probably you won't. Yeah. Uh, but but you know you can still do your own thing with bands your your generation, which I do. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like it's fine. You know. It almost seems like it's a new form of rock and roll. Do you? Like to to be <laughs> more so health much. conscious. Yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe it is. I mean, even Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are like sober, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? Keith Richards is off everything. I suppose he had to be, though, didn't he? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And or, or you can go like Lemmy and it just basically fucking gets you in the end. Yeah. What Bowie and if Lemmy, the rock and roll, they both died at 70 and they both partied really hard, didn't they? And they went early. Because I think now dying at 70 is an early one, isn't it? It's quite early, yeah. 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 Do you not think smoking's the big one, though? It's awful. Catch you it's you know what I mean? That's what I think. Things, yeah. Because, eh. Uh, Smoking really fucks people. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like my mum smoked, and then she got she got taken at fifty four. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's a long time ago. That's nineteen ninety. But um, yeah, I mean, smoking will take people out, wouldn't it? You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Did you ever smoke? No, no you didn't, didn't do that one. Mm. I mean, people were a bit shocked that I never smoked, but I just never presented it. Yeah. 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 Like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> do you, Do you ever get depressive episodes now not really really, not really I mean I seem to be over that but I mean if you'd asked me that 10-15 years ago I'd have probably been yeah you know what I mean what do you think changed other than the food I don't know I think your body changes you know I mean that's one of the reasons I think I find it so easy to get off the prescription drugs I think my body just got older changed yeah do you know what I mean See, the thing is, it's a bit like, you get older, even things like your sex drive, it changes, Katriana, you know, as, as a bloke or a woman. I mean, you're, you're a young woman at the moment, but it's like, it used to be back in the day, you know, when you were younger, you could be fucking, you could be into anything, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, as you get older, really, you know, you just, you just don't, you're never really going to get make a big mistake anymore because it's a bit like, you know, you know, it's just, you know, you're just, it's, you know, I think the, the description is I'd rather have a cup of tea. I think most people fucking would. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know. An early night in a cup of tea. A little yeah. bit. I mean, I'm not being too boring, but I mean, I'm just a bit like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? You know. Yeah. But I think I remember you when you went through that phase because you, you said that you you started to like have apple cider vinegar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple like, of years, or three years ago, something like that. Yeah. changed, but I mean, I had colitis. That's what changed my diet, my food diet. And uh, and I'd really changed fish and meat, fish and uh, ve- fish and vegetables. Yeah. And it feels so much better for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that was when I started coming off the prescription drugs as well. Yeah. You know, I yeah. started weaning myself off. Can I just ask one more yeah, question yeah, anyway. about what you think rock and roll actually is? I think when I was young, I thought it was an excuse to take drink and have sex. Mm-hmm. And then when you get older, I think. 
the drinking and the sex probably go out the door, <laughs> and you and you just want to do the rock and roll. Yeah. You just want to, you just want you just want to go and turn up at the festival, put the band on stage. Yeah. But yeah. I suppose when I was younger, it was a bit more, it was a bit different. You know what I mean? You know. Mm. But I mean. Like I feel like I could I could speak to you forever. That's the thing. It could go on forever, <laughs> couldn't it? Um, what do you feel like when you're when you're sitting here with me? Like obviously I'm a therapist. You you might want to know something from me, so I could I could sort of talk yeah. about that and see where that leads. Or, yeah, know. I mean, no, I mean, I've just always been interested in like you know how you get your mental stamina to deal with all these people. You know that I've got issues because I'm not sure I could do that. Yeah, well. I think that the training is quite good because I think you're right. Like yeah. I've always had really high empathy, so I would yeah. absorb everybody's problems, yeah. and it would really affect me. I would yeah. get really, really depressed. But um, I, I learned how to cope with it by just recognising that it's not mine. But you, you yeah. can you can kind of separate out in a bit. It, yeah. it does over time impact you, but if you look after yourself, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah be careful. <laughs> I actually think you would make a really good therapist. I was, I was thinking about how much people. I don't. I, I could only do it with one client a day. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you kind of do do it in in a roundabout way because people people yeah. come to you a lot, and yeah. I think that you have got that that kind of balance. I think you have got the compassion, yeah, yeah. and you've got the experience, but you've also got the, yeah. there's a trust. You're, you're trustworthy. I think yeah. that makes a big difference. Yeah. 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 yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Would you seriously do it? You'd become a counsellor? Maybe. I mean, I've always kind of semi-fancied it. I just... Yeah. That's but the, the only reason I would, would balk at it is just the amount of people going, you know, yeah. oh, you've got your next one and you don't have a... You can't turn around to them and go, I don't feel like doing it today. Yeah. You can separate it out, though. If you work for yourself, you, yeah. you can just put people in it like one a day if you wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no reason why you yeah. have to... Yeah, maybe in another life. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.